please. Kiss me. Greetings and salutations. This is Cage's Kiss, the ultimate cage cast where we discuss each of the National Treasure's cinematic masterpieces and his life. We also try to glean whatever kernels of wisdom we can from his character that week. I'm Donnie the Prickly Puss. And I'm Adrian the Knot. And I'm Linda, but you could call me uh, Drunken Goat Cheese? Yeah, that works. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Whatever. So, this week's movie is the touching rom-com we all needed. Yes? Shut shut the fuck up, Donnie. No. No. (laughs) What the fuck fuck are you talking about this movie for? Well, you know, we should all have a little drink, but I I need our listeners to know that in the end of this episode is a very, very important segment where uh, some people took us up on my drunken challenge and actually showed us some shit and challenged us to sit through it. And even though both these shits were like five minutes or less, um, that that challenge was accepted, indeed. And but uh, I guess you can tell the people about the Nicolas Cage movie, Donnie, if well, you really I, want to. I mean, I I'm sorry if I upset you with anything. I I did. I mean, I I didn't mean to bring up your drinking last night. I just thought it was a little. Don't fuck with me, man. <laughs> I just want to know when you'll be home in time for dinner, okay? <laughs> well, maybe if you didn't burn it every night. Well, maybe if you weren't with your whore. <laughs> you can't judge me. I am his father. <laughs> oh, my you know, God. Something, Linda. Why don't you take your liquor and your loud talk and just go back to your room? Okay. And don't yeah. dirty your little hands on this broken glass. Okay. And just don't come back. All right. All just right. Keep your stupid opinions in your pocket. <laughs> now. I'm a prickly pear. <laughs> Donnie, why are we all prickly pears this week? Because this is a classic story of a boy meets alcoholism and then meets depression, finds a hooker with a heart of gold and ass gashes. But somehow they find each other in this crazy mixed up world of dazzling lights, flowing money, and booze at every corner. And Voodoo was so depressed it actually stopped me from finishing the last ten minutes of this movie for three and a half hours. So I'm going to assume right now, spoilers, that this movie ends how I thought it would. Which is the two of them form a happy company together of a talent agency. She becomes his personal assistant. And you see that they're both clean and sober. They're living a wealthy life. And everything worked out in the end. And that's why they won awards. He jizzes his last into her. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> okay let's let's talk about the real plot about this movie it's about a visitor from another place another yeah. time he has come <laughs> to enforce his will will one stranger be able to withstand the warlock <laughs> i bring about the glorious ball of satan's unborn soul julian sands is the warlock you know, he things. was the best thing about this movie. <laughs> He's so awesome. Mm. <laughs> there are not words. Honestly, this movie really is just a remake of Enemy Mine. Just a lot more emotionally invested. There are surprisingly uh, yeah. a, like a lot of of celebrities in here, and like even yeah. like some of the biggest so, celebrities. Yeah, no, because it's the budget. The budget is yeah. roughly nothing. Uh, you know, yeah. for movies, they had to shoot it on sixteen mil. You know, um, they, there's a, so most most of the minor characters are like director cameos. Um, Lou Rawls is in this as a cab yeah. driver. Um, freaking uh, um, uh, what she calls it. Um, uh, 
Tessa, Richard Lewis, Stephen Weber. Oh, I saw. Well, I yeah, saw they're they're Dan. in it too, but you know, uh, it even has French Stewart wow. and Bob Raffleson. Bob Raffleson is the one who says maybe you better wait. You can tell she really wants you to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I wish Bob Raffleson would pop up at at my mall and and tell me when you know I'm I'm having a moment <laughs> you know, with a friend. As and little, had Mariska. Yeah. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say uh, as little as happens in this movie, there is so much to talk about with this. Yeah, oh well, yeah, this is, this I've got is, a lot of behind the this scenes. This is a rare. Or, let me just say, this is a rare fucking moment of Russ oh, on yeah. here because, like, okay, so this is this is this is this is this is actually probably objectively the pinnacle of Cage's career. Um, because mm-hmm. like, it's it's not it's not only a moment. It's 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 a film that is remembered. It's not swept under the rug. Like 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 fucking um like trapped in paradise or boy boy in yeah. blue or whatever um uh it was well, it was actually financially successful and he was actually like acknowledged by the industry he actually got his Oscar for this one and the SAG award as well yeah SAG SAG but uh yeah Figus couldn't find funding because the uh, the movie was so fucking depressing <laughs> and so well, eventually the French company. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's one big suicide note. But um, eventually the French company Lumiere took it on with a budget of three and a half million dollars. Yeah. And uh, so like you were saying, they had to use the 16 millimeter uh, film stock and they filmed on the Vegas Strip without permits. And it was all shot within 28 days with like a week and a half of rehearsal. Yeah, but it made thirty two million dollars. Yeah. Uh, so. Actually, I saw nearly fifty million from what I saw. Really, but that might include Ooh. international. Yeah, maybe this was just a uh, U.S. Yeah, well, yeah, this... domestic gross. Nobody counts that yeah. anymore. They want to make all their movies appear to be the highest grossing movie ever made. So, did this kind of kick off the whole "let's feel depressed" movie craze that kind of happened mid nineties? Uh, it feels like this it, was around the same time. Might might have done. Um, well, Figgis had sort of been on that kick before, because before this, he tried to do something similar with Mr. Jones, but that was a Richard Gere movie, and even Figgis yeah. admits oh, it yeah. failed. I never actually oh, saw or it. Or as they refer to him in the movie, Dickie Gere. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I remember years and years ago, like, like when I was a kid in the 90s, I saw a trailer for Mr. Jones, and I'm like, holy shit, Richard Gere could do anything. He's unstoppable. <laughs> I want to be just like that. I didn't know it was about a guy having bipolar disorder, you know? <laughs> he must be stopped. <laughs> uh, and then years later i'm like oh wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute that guy in that movie was richard Gere. i don't think i'm actually gonna watch it no <laughs> um so okay lots lots to, lots to talk about um i, I will I, I i thought i would bring this up though since since the big deal is supposed to be cage having won the academy award so i'm going to yeah. talk about what he beat out for for best actor oh. so he uh actually defeated his old friend sean penn for dead man walking same uh anthony hopkins for nixon uh, Richard Dreyfus for Mr. Holland's Opus. Love me some Dreyfus. And uh, Massimo Troisi for Il Postino, which at the time everybody was sort of jizzing over and I never actually saw. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think that was kind of like the English patient where it mattered for about five minutes. <laughs> no <laughs> shit. It mattered for five minutes, well, but it lasted four hours. Yeah. Uh, a, a word well, about uh, Mr. Julian Sands, by the way, who's not really from Latvia. Uh, <laughs> he was born in 1958 he was in ken russell's gothic which was awesome uh he was oh, in God. vibes with jeff goldblum and cindy lopper yeah. he was yeah. in david cronenberg's naked lunch where he turns into a giant rape scorpion <laughs> 
As he and uh, he was in one of Dario Argento's worst movies. He was in the god awful Phantom of the Opera with Asia Argento. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. We wasn't his fault. Him. Yeah, I, I do forgive him, and I don't yeah. forgive Argento though. No, <laughs> he's my favorite warlock. <laughs> you know, to and be as fair, was Bruce saying, Payne made an okay uh, warlock. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, no, no worries. Uh, as Adrian was saying, this is uh, was like one big suicide note because John O'Brien, uh, who was the author of the novel that this was based on, he uh, he basically wrote the novel to be sort of semi autobiographical. And he shot himself in the temple in 1994, two weeks after uh, Figgis optioned the movie, uh, or optioned the rights as a movie. And Figgis actually considered not doing it at that point. He's like, shit, the guy's dead. Oh. Fuck. What a, I, well, okay, yeah. well, but we won't make it for nothing. I know it's in a probes to laugh, but I don't care. It just like the whole thing reminds me of the scene in the opening of Father's Day when now that he's dead and gone, of course, it's also sad. Robin Williams character is a writer and he's about to blow his brains out and then gets a call. And is having a conversation with a gun in his mouth. Nice. Oh. <laughs> it's just yeah. Oh, well, no, not, now I, I have to see going that one. to hell. <laughs> see you there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Robin Williams didn't hate the hate the taste of metal in his mouth. I hate you guys. Apparently, John O'Brien uh, did do a little bit of screenwriting. He had other novels that came mm -hmm. out after his death; they were unfinished. Um, mm -hmm. And he actually wrote an episode of Rugrats. No shit. Yeah, and apparently it was a very traumatizing experience for him, though, because <laughs> it was heavily rewritten. And even though it was an animated episode of a kids' TV show, he's like, "Oh, they're fucking with my vision." <laughs> oh god damn it <laughs> did, did they have like ass rape in it or something like this <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 bloody uh, ass rape uh, you know <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I've never seen a whole episode of Rugrats so for all I know that happens every episode I haven't well, either but there's a connection there time. because uh, oh, it yeah. had uh, it starred Elizabeth Daly doing uh, I guess the lead voice and uh, she was uh, she was on Valley Girl Ooh. Nice. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I have yeah, the yeah. movie running uh, silent in the background. Oddly enough, this is one of the only movies for this podcast that I haven't had to pay for in some form or another. And, nice. and oddly enough, it's one of the only good ones. <laughs> 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 but no, uh, this, this is really cool because the opening titles don't come until 16 minutes into the movie. Because the opening yeah, movie is just yeah. this short film about what a shit life Cage has. And he gets fired by the studio and is like, maybe I'll go to Las Vegas, parentheses, to drink myself to death. <laughs> oh. Record scratch. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's the other good thing about this movie is there's no goddamn narration. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like yeah, it's like we're a little well, bit arty, we're a little bit art house here, but we're not we're not gonna go full pretentious. Ooh, no, instead also... we get a lot of jazz all the time. Oh my god! Oh, okay, loud okay, jazz. okay, yeah, yeah. Since 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 you brought that up, um, I I I I unabashedly do did enjoy this movie, it, and and yes, it made me want to kill myself a little. Um, but uh, what really made me want to kill myself was the soundtrack. <laughs> Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so uh, Figgis, Figgis had to do the score himself. They were in a budget of like zero, basically. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so he, he plays keyboards and shit, you know, like and, and uh, the incidental music is whatever. But however, there there's the soundtrack uh, features a lot of Sting and Michael McDonald doing yeah. doing covers of older songs. So, um, look, I like the Doobie Brothers. But if I have to hear Michael McDonald sing Lonely Teardrops one more time, I am going to go to Las Vegas <laughs> and drink myself to death. 
Now, in a sense, it's appropriate because, like that, that hearing those songs uh, over and over again is like unto having an empty stomach full of booze. You know, yeah. it don't feel that great. <laughs> no, I, I do love Sting, but like the the music's just so fucking loud throughout the movie. Yeah, there there is there oh, is. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it's intentional, but there is a, a disparity um, of the audio uh, where where a lot of the dialogue is kept uh, far more quiet, and and the music is is I think really there to grade on you. It's like love the teardrops <laughs> my one and only love they should have had tangerine dream do the soundtrack it would have been fun just just no just put in the entire soundtrack for michael mann's thief just tangerine dream and rye cooter <laughs> <That works. Wow. laughs> add some goblin in there <laughs> <laughs> oh which reminds me we're going to be talking about iron maiden later on in the end segment of this Hell podcast yeah. So for theatrical release, um, Leaving Las Vegas was blown up to 35 millimeter and a certain mm-hmm. liquor manufacturer who will remain nameless was a teensy mm-hmm. bit upset that their product was shown in the movie about a guy drinking himself to death. Yeah. So for the 35 millimeter print, um, they had to digitally mask liquor bottle labels. I wondered yeah. about that. It's not all of them. It's only some of them. Um, yeah. And uh, I think the version that I watched on Amazon is from the 35 millimeter blow up. But apparently the 16 millimeter v- uh, prints of it uh, still have them. So you can you can find a version of this film somewhere where you could see what that was. I don't know if it was Bacardi or Smirnoff or, you know, whatever else. It was it was true. He does drink a lot of vodka, though. Like, like a lot. he takes two vodka <laughs> bottles into the shower with him. <laughs> and he was drinking in the, bo- the pool. Yeah. <laughs> he jumps into the pool while drinking a beer. He's drinking a beer underwater. You get the little bubbles coming out of his nose. <laughs> Some people say I was born in... a small fish in a pond. <laughs> <laughs> um, I should also mention that this movie also has like a uh, like Lori Metcalf, aka Aunt Jackie, and uh, it has Mariska Hargitay as the hooker. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't have any lines, and uh, that's just what Mariska Hargitay is good for. <laughs> Elliot, you're the longest relationship I've had with a man. <laughs> Funny, um, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it also features Danny Huston and uh, Mark Coppola, his brother, uh, and uh, brother. Valeria Golino from Rain Man and Hot Shots. She plays Terry in the bar. You're oh, like shit. a cat. The cat in the hat. Yes, yeah, the cat in the hat. <laughs> you turned me on. <laughs> And it also has Julian Lennon as a bartender. Yes, it, yes, it does. Yes, yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a treat. That, that part's hilarious. Uh. <laughs> like, I know it sounds funny, but we're going to have to kick you out. <laughs> yeah, it's a, what we do anytime there's a fight. <laughs> and, then, and then he goes back to Elizabeth Shue's place, and he's got blood dried all over his face. And he passes yeah. the landlady, and she, she's in her swimsuit by the yeah, pool she's been sexy. over. And he's like, sexy, sexy. <laughs> some of the great thing about the character is that is that he, he just he like he gives out all these random compliments you know he like, does but like when he's on the when he's on the bench out there on the strip and he's and he's utterly wasted yeah he's, he's got he's got he's got the liquor bottle in his hand elizabeth shoes like i can't have dinner with you he's like they got prime rib for 2.99 you look beautiful in that dress <laughs> 
I don't, I don't know. My favorite is still him taking notes in public at the bank. Yes. <laughs> if you were oh, to God. dump whiskey all over your naked body, I could clean you up so uh, some other man could fuck you. Yeah. Which is funny because that basically comes true with it does with her it, character. Yes, in a very artsy fartsy shot where we see her pouring the, yeah, booze yeah, down. Her I, booze. I don't think it was the liquor and the loud talk that the uh, hotel staff had a problem with. It was them fucking by the pool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, my like, god! Like all the all the all the the note taking and the screaming and the mannerisms. It's like all the cage shit suddenly makes sense. Because it's suddenly like actually mm-hmm. like self-effacing and pet and, and pathetic, you know, like intentionally. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like, okay. like yeah. we've seen so many movies where Cage looked bad, but now he like looks bad on purpose, and there's yeah. an explanation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> well, when he got the script, he was working on Trapped in Paradise, and, and he was uh, like, "An escape." <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, he said, "quote It seemed to answer. Uh, it seemed the answer to all my prayers. I was fed up with the movies I was making, and it gave me an opportunity to go back to a darker corner of my mind. I wanted to get out of the sun. The script astounded me. I was crying when I finished it. Mm. And uh, he he said that it's more of a, a story of unconditional love, which I I can uh, get. Makes- I can get that." So uh, did did you know that Elizabeth Shue's uh, scenes that are interjected where she's talking to a therapist or whatever? Did you know that those are her makeup mm. test? Wow! Oh, I didn't that was not originally scripted. That was not originally part of the film. They they were just right. you know they they th- sort of threw that together. And Figgis decided that it, that it fleshed out her character better and made the film make more sense. Yeah, and uh, she was right. nominated for best actress actually for that. Um, which but oddly she lost enough, out to Susan Sarandon, right? Not fair. Oh. <laughs> um, Susan Sarandon's had her day in the sun. Frank and Furger touched her. <laughs> um, I'm being me right You're now. You're a hot but, dog. Um, <laughs> uh, but apparently the producers did not uh, did not agree with Figus uh, on including those initially. But uh, I I think I think mm. it makes sense. You know, it also uh, yeah, yeah. I'm glad they did. You know, some sometimes you need to break up something like this. You know, break up some of the intensity. Um, uh, a word on, uh, Mike Figgis. Um, he's one of those very distinctive guys and you kind of either love him or hate him or regret him. Um, he was born in 1948. He's English. Uh, he lived in Kenya until he was eight years old. Um, he directed Internal Affairs, which is the movie from him that I really liked. Um, he also did Time Code, Mr. Jones, I already mentioned, uh, One Night Stand, um, I thought you were gonna say time cop, and I was gonna. Oh, yeah. I was getting really interested. Oh, <laughs> huh. yeah. You know, uh, actually, all of uh, Van Damme's dialogue in that one. You know, he was doing method. You know, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am his father. Yeah, uh, Ron Silver actually researched time travel uh, for his role. Yeah. Uh, no, and uh, Figus also did that piece of shit fake horror movie, Cold Creek Manor, which I will never forgive him for. Um, I hate that movie so, so much. <sighs> sorry, Figus. Uh, and uh, our movie was shot by Declan Quinn, who was born in America, but I guess became an Irish citizen at one point, And then he met Bono and started making music videos. Um, yeah. He shot so what? I did too. Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> uh, yes. and, and 28 Days with Sandra Bullock. <laughs> uh, Should have been is, a zombie movie. 
the 20, Prequel the, to 28 Days Later. The, 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 the Sandra Bullock movie is like the G-rated movie of the movie we watched this week. Um, yeah. And uh, he also yeah. did uh, Neil Jordan's Breakfast on Pluto. Oh, yeah. Killian Murphy. With Killian, Killian Murphy, yeah. Killian Murphy. And uh, uh, we uh, a word on the immortal Elizabeth Shue. Mm. Um, Yay. This, My this, favorite This is what sitter. you really need to know. <laughs> My favorite um, shoe. She was in The Karate Kid. <laughs> and Hamlet 2. And Hamlet 2 playing herself. <laughs> yep, she was in Cocktail. She's Tom Cruise's girlfriend in that one. <laughs> uh, she replaced Claudia Wells as the girlfriend in Back to the Future series. Um, oh, and she was in that weird piece of shit, The Trigger Effect, and the Val Kilmer, The Saint. Oh, Jesus. Everything just sort of went wrong yeah. for her after this yeah. movie. But now she's in The Boys on Amazon, and Let's it's fucking it amazing. Let's boy. Let's get up by the hand. <laughs> no, yeah, it's fucking amazing. So. And I love her, so... <laughs> so, uh, but, um, Linda, you were going to tell us all about uh, Nicolas Cage's awesome uh, acting uh, techniques for this acting. movie. <laughs> he uh, agreed to do this movie for two hundred forty thousand dollars rather than his usual four million dollar range I'd because he just wanted to do it that bad. <laughs> <laughs> he got paid four but, million dollars to be entrapped in paradise. Oof. Well, I mean, I don't know, but <laughs> the movie was just a money toilet. But, he did say that um, that if he hadn't had some uh, quote unquote like semblance of a career, uh, he'd never be able to do this and like to be able to pick films that he actually wanted to do. And he didn't think that he was going to get any awards or that anybody was going to even fucking watch it. But he just wanted to do it because it was something that I guess like that that touched something in him. And so it, it ended up working out pretty well for him. But uh, to prepare for the role, he uh, studied some amazing performances, including uh, Raymond Land in uh, Last Weekend. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Uh, Dudley Moore in Arthur. Oh, Dudley Moore wasn't <laughs> acting, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. But um, he said that he used, uh, quote, the idea that he didn't know how to modulate his voice. <laughs> oh, Austin thinking, Powers yeah, okay. is based on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Vegas is in there and everything. It's so unfair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I think we're based on Arthur. <laughs> but, oh, um, um, also yeah, uh, one that. of our favorites uh, that brings me back to our college days when we lived together. Jack Lemon in the days of wine and roses. Tell the uh, people at home what you and I were doing, Linda, when we watched uh, Jack Lemon and and uh, and uh, freaking uh, uh, Lee. Uh, what's her name? In uh, Lee Remick in Days of Wine and Roses. Drinking a shit ton of liquor, and I remember you and I would like go. We would go up to a mirror and be like. It's a couple of bums. <laughs> we used to say it was office politics, but it's the booze. We get drunk. We get drunk. Now, uh, when we started watching that movie, I didn't really know it was about alcoholism. Uh, and uh, we kind of looked at each other across the coffee table in a crappy apartment in the Cooper's Glen, and we're like, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, that's my old friend. Um, now, uh, being that that was thoroughly inappropriate, uh, I'm going to have a shot right now. 
<laughs> oh, I love Chuck. I'm Lemon, not the one who's um, drunk. That's a choice between Morgan and Dom. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> apparently, he also studied Chris Christopherson in A Star Is Born and uh, took "quote unquote" that beautiful smile. One and uh, more loves me some Chris Christopherson. Look at you. <laughs> and um, yes, for for you youngsters out there, there. There have been numerous A Star Is Born. There's like five versions of it now. Yeah. yeah. Each yeah. one different. What Price Hollywood, uh, the Selznick one, the Judy Garland one. But don't worry about it, youngins. We're here to we're here to educate you. I don't even know um, who Lady Gaga is. That's what. <laughs> that Lady Gaga. That Lady Gaga. <laughs> that lady what wore meat. <laughs> <laughs> lady made me a sandwich. <laughs> he apparently also studied the work of uh, Albert Finney in Under the Volcano. Oh, I've never seen and, that, but Albert um, Finney's amazing. He was Daddy Warbucks. Yeah. Hell yeah, he was. Um, and Figgis apparently worked with him before, and so uh, Cage asked him if he was really drunk on the set because he was just that that convincing. Jesus. But um, and, uh, apparently Finney told him that uh, to tell Cage that he wasn't, that he would just like take a, a swig just to get the taste in his mouth. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, and then you would swallow like those 50 swigs before a scene. Speaking <laughs> of alcoholics and, and acting, uh, one of my one of my favorite alcoholic actors, and there are a few favorite alcoholic actors, mm-hmm. actually, uh, is the great Lee Marvin of The Dirty Dozen. Hell yeah. Um, who played himself in Capaloo. Who played himself <laughs> twice in Capaloo. Um, when when he was doing um, Don Siegel's The Killers, uh, when he's on the scene on the train with Clue Gulliger, where they're on their way to figure out why John Cassavetes let himself get killed. Um, Cassavetti. He, he, he picks up a drink <laughs> and he's about to drink it. And in the film, you see him pick it up and set it back down. It's because one of the crew members thought it would be really funny to pour Lee Marvin real vodka on set. <laughs> And Lee Marvin, raging, raging fucking alcoholic that he was, is like, oh, no, I'll get in trouble. <laughs> bad dog. So he doesn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bad dog. Apparently, um, to, to prepare for this role, uh, Nick Cage even hired Tony Dingman, who was a, a poet and also a famous drunk. As a drinking coach. I thought you were going to say Tony Danza. <laughs> he really hired a drinking coach. Dingman's a hilarious <laughs> name, but um, and I've known Dingman's, actually. Um, Dingman. That's that's astounding. That That is astounding yeah. to me. Um, Apparently, he, uh, he took the line from I knew that he taped himself him. drunk. I knew he, I knew that he, he got drunk again oh, yeah, yeah. and taped himself to study his own speech patterns, but I, did, I, didn't, know, I didn't know he got a drinking coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he got a drinking coach who was, like, almost always on the set and, like, sometimes, like, curled up in a fetal position. Oh, but uh, oh. he took the line from him of a... Uh, we must not kick the bar. You lean, lean into in. the bar. Lean into the railing. Because it's not Vito Veritas. It's N Vito Veritas. And then Jesus the lady's Christ. like, are you talking to somebody? What the fuck are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you talking to? And then to? the boyfriend picks her up and hurls her into the bartender. Yeah. Uh, As you do. Oh, I love... Uh, I love I love how shit everything is in this in this movie. Like, how life is so shit. Uh, like, like, like the, mm-hmm. the 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 whole year in that he stays in, he stays in this really, really crummy motel. Oh yeah, 
And and uh, the people are checking in in front of him, and uh, the character actor I don't remember the name of him was doing the check in, but we've seen him in a number of things. I think he was in Ferris Bueller also. Um, yeah, yeah, you're but, right. But but he, he explains that uh, there's a bar of soap with your room, but if you run out, there's going to be fifty cents for another bar of soap and three uh, fresh lemon towels. If you want maid service, though, it's going to cost you extra. Yeah. And um, if use you use that swimming pool, risk. it's at your own risk. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a snow lifeguard here. There's fancy so pants. much jizz in the thing. It's practically more semen than water. James Conn thought he'd get pregnant if he swam in that pool. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a valid concern. Yeah. Um, and, and Elizabeth, she was like, this room needs more booze. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, and Elizabeth yeah. Shue, by the way, uh, interviewed real, honest-to-God working girls uh, researching her role here. Yeah. yeah. Just a few nights watching HBO's Taxi Cab Confessions. <laughs> that was a juicy Taxi Cab <laughs> Confession. Okay, you can laugh about it, but Donnie and I literally grew up watching that and real sex. Yeah. <laughs> How do I know you family two again? Sundays. <laughs> uh, this is why you you would say we have the problems. Oh, <laughs> oh, we call goodness. them uh-ohs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we uh, were younger, it was actually our dream to open up like a porn warehouse, yeah. and, like a dildery. <laughs> Gee, what went wrong? Why didn't that happen? <laughs> Tell us about getting a fired bums. for having dildo fights. <laughs> <laughs> Tell it to the folks, Linda. (laughs) That's another one of those oopsies. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, back to the movie. Did we ever (laughs) describe the plot? Was there one? Did we? Did we? Did we get? Um. Okay. So basically, uh, Nick Cage's character Ben. Uh, his his uh, it's implied that his wife left him and took their son with her. I was and Yeah, he's a, a a screenwriter, but he gets fired from his job because he's a fucking drunk. He's holding the phone upside down. He's talking Who does these phones anymore? <laughs> we need to get these phones fixed. <laughs> <laughs> So he decides to sell his car, sell uh, sell or burn most of his possessions, and uh, go out to Las Vegas to uh, drink himself to death. He's literally. really he's really fleeing the apartment to try to get away from the Michael McDonald music that's playing. Yes, <laughs> volume. No, I kind of had. Two, yeah, we get it. I had two takes on this. My take versus Lucille's was that I thought this was a continuation of if he had survived being pierced in the chest in the Kiss of the Vampire. Because that would explain his whole office office antics. Her take was this was a continuation of it could happen to you after a horrible divorce when they lose the restaurant. And this is where his life is. Yeah, no, that's why this is too generous, Bill. It's like money. All it does is destroy you. Crap filled diapers at 2 a.m. I hate it. I'm going to take this money and turn it into he can't remember if he started drinking because his wife left him or if his wife left him because of the drinking. <laughs> uh, apparently IRL and in the book, it's because of the drinking. Drinking came first. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's okay. The bottle came like, with a it, coupon for your local liquor store. You need creative license in order to adapt anything to the screen. Well, yeah. Um, but in the uh, story, he meets uh, Elizabeth Shue, who is a hooker. Working uh, for Julian uh, A sex worker. 
<laughs> I, I would I would hook for Julian Sands. Oh, yeah. You can run your hair through the hair on my head. It is the sands of Julian. <laughs> Lightning has a power beyond yours and mine. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so she decides that she de- she's tired of being alone. And uh, Julian Sands, uh, his character, I, I think he gets, sh- like, killed. And he basically, he like, killed. pushes her away before he, because he knows he's going to die. So he says, like, basically tells her to fuck off. Mm. And, um, which I thought was like, hey, that's pretty cool. She gets to keep the money. Um, yeah, things don't go <laughs> great for her after that, though. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they really, really don't. Uh, yeah, so she decides that she wants to live with Cage in his last days. Oh, early Ermy and... cameo! Yeah, yeah. What are you? Oh a hooker? my god! <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry the wife waiting back, back home for me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he says that. Oh, uh, he says like the, the only way it's going to work is if uh, he doesn't. Uh, he promises not to try to, to ask her to stop hooking, and he, she doesn't ask him to stop drinking. And, uh, spoiler alert, they pretty much both do that. So yeah. they both pretty much both break that promise. And, uh, he, a lot of bad shit happens to Elizabeth Shue. Uh, horrible shit. And, uh, <laughs> he dies. Shit. <sighs> yeah, those uh, those uh, three uh, frat guys uh, trying to lose their virginity. In Vegas, oh, I meant uh, she lost her apartment. That that was really oh, bad. Oh, oh, I mean that was I just was, out I of was, nowhere. I was talking They're about like, when she gets damaged by by uh, by by vicious uh, young sportsmen. Oh, They're both oh, not good. because she looked like she took a backdoor delivery she hadn't expected. Yeah, that cab driver. <laughs> Was, that was, he was just like, like, casual he's like, I'm going to let you out here. She's like, I got the money. And he's, he, he's, like, he's like, okay, okay, I'm just trying to cover my ass. Something you should have done. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, like wow, a total fucking biggest dick. dick cab driver ever. It's like, it's like, seriously. Oh, man. It's like a Neil Breen movie or something. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, that cab driver was, a, uh, was played by Xander Berkeley. Who uh, you may have seen in Air Force One and Terminator Two and Shanghai Noon, Ooh. but but don't watch those movies on purpose. No, no, just no, no, accidentally. No, 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 no. You might have seen, but you know, don't go out of your way. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's better. Oh, to also, he was in Shanghai a... Noon with your mom. Watch it comes into your room. It's like I wasn't watching it. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I have no son. <laughs> it's perfect not even the bubble. good wilson <laughs> but apparently he was also in walking dead i totally forgot about that yeah, but okay. uh in this he plays an asshole <laughs> and he does damn fine job yeah playing an asshole cage uh, buys elizabeth shoe yeah. earrings it's like i was just gonna buy you one earring but it's like oh I my don't know god appropriate maybe you should only wear one at the time yeah though. You know, for when you're getting done by tricks. <laughs> he more or less says. Well, yeah, he says so you could feel it hot and sharp under your ear as uh, as a brother pushes your face into the pillow. <sighs> yeah, I, I, he's just he is completely oh. unraveling on screen. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, it's, yeah. This is this is, uh, this is a little like... a little bit like a Cassavetes movie, actually. Just like like in 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 that in that like things things go on uncomfortably long in spots, and it's like it is really designed. Mm-hmm. To just like like no, this you're you're not going to get to turn away. This emotion's going to get put in you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I I love uh, Elizabeth Shue in this, and I, I I thought she was pretty goddamn she amazing. Was, yeah. But like, 
Uh, everybody was afraid at first that she was too um, too wholesome I can to see that. to pull it off. Yeah, and uh, until they started rehearsing, uh, Cage said that he saw like how devoted she was to the part, mm-hmm. and that uh, he says, "quote There's a tremendous amount of pain inside Elizabeth's shoe. I don't know where it comes from, but it's there, and she's figured out how to tap into it." I love the part where he first takes her back to his room, and she starts talking about like all the things that they can do. It's like he's like, you know, you can come on my face, oh yeah, fuck my ass, blah, blah, blah. and just don't put it in my hair, and, right? And, oh, and, oh and, my! And he starts just going, he's like, "Oh my goodness," you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, like. Oh my god, this is the most precious thing ever. <laughs> it is, and that's, that's something that, was, oh. that Lucille brought up when we were watching, was like, when he said, she's like, you can do everything you want, put it wherever you want, he's like, well, how about you just stay, and we talk instead? And she's like, the fuck didn't you just open with that in the first place to all the women you creeped out in the fucking bar? I mean, Jesus. I, I love, I fucking love that scene early on where he's trying to get uh, Valerie Golina to go yes. back to his apartment on the beach. He's like, you turn me on. You're not too short. You're not too tall. You're not too round. You're like a cat. The cat in the hat. The cat in the hat. It's like, you're so cute and you smell so good. And I'm really good in bed, believe me. It's like, this is the most pathetic thing ever. This is awesome. It was amazing. And he walks up to her and, and, and she's like, oh God. He's like, what is it? It's like, you've been drinking all day. And he's like, but of course. <laughs> But that scene with uh, that, like that we were talking about, where they're in the he first brings her back to the apartment or the the hotel room. Um, she said, I guess Elizabeth Shue said that it was Cage's idea to sing during the blowjob scene. (laughs) (laughs) She says, "quote I go to change in the bathroom for that scene, and he was out there singing this Batmobile song that he'd made up. It was just so odd. I kept laughing, and he really got my attention. He drew me in and kept me looking honest. And apparently it was a song he wrote with Phil Roy. So uh, I'll have to post the the lyrics that we have. Did you guys know that uh, Figgis had uh, a double cameo in this? No. Uh, I know every that time he was the monster. Out of cabs, there's that red mullet thing on top of him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, yes. That's Figgis's production company. That's the image of Figgis. We kept right wondering there. why that was being like seen every. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Possible. And uh, when when Cage is driving through the desert and stops to get gas, and that uh, creepy like Eastern mm. European mobbed up guy with with the mullet yeah, and yeah. the sunglasses stares at him. That's Figgis again. No shit. And it is also Figgis yeah. in the hall in the hotel. I'm pretty sure whipping out the gun to kill Julian Sands. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Figgis. We will never forget. <laughs> Oh, about to go and kill a motherfucker, figures. <laughs> so when uh, she was talking about Cage, she said, "Quote: When you're an actress, you are very aware of the men you hope to work with because usually your parts are going to be supportive of those men, and so you become extremely picky." Nick's incredible range and freedom had inspired me over the years, and as out there as he is, he's also out there in terms of his emotions and depth of feeling. The humor he brought to Ben was so devastating because it came from pain and the tenderness. I love it that there are moments in film history where there's one person who could play a part and one person only. Hmm. I do too. I was followed! <laughs> You don't judge me. <laughs> this is my first time seeing this whole movie, actually. 
Oh, really? I remember my parents had it on TV at one point, and so it was probably like a half hour long. Um, yeah, and that, I remember. Uh, but I did see sister... an actor studio thing about this, where uh, where Cage was oh. talking about uh, about improvising that. Yeah. I should watch that. Yeah. I haven't seen him on the actor studio. I just remember watching part of this because my sister and my dad had rented it, and the That's only me. part that I walked in on. Was the ass banging scene? I'm like, well, that's all I needed to see. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, gotta so go. This movie is right up there with with uh, Last Tango and Parents and Deliverance, and that it represents yeah. uh, extraordinary acting. Yeah, yeah, and and great writing. Yeah, yes, and great writing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, apparently that that scene, you're right. Like he was, uh, he made that scene up. Uh, on the fly and uh, he didn't know what he was going to do until he was actually doing it but that that whole like table flip over the hey uh, hey hey sequel to trapped in paradise table flip movies yeah (laughs) i am his father (laughs) but apparently figus had a lot of uh amazing things to say about cage too oh really um oh oh, really Um, He said, uh, quote, the most impressive thing about Nick is the extent and depth of his preparation. He went through all the detail, through the clothes, the words, everything, end quote. And part of that was that um, I guess he was supposed to drive. um, Shit, I can't remember. He's supposed to drive one certain car. But then he decided that, like, well, shouldn't I have uh, a a car like everybody else does in Hollywood? Like all the, the screenwriters and shit, like a BMW and Apparently, uh, the the watch that he wore was his own, and he picked out the car. And when the uh, the parents of the 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 author John O'Brien, when they came to set, they saw that it was the same fucking watch that that their son wore, and it was the same goddamn car that he drove. Uh, uh, so uh, yeah, was, it's almost it, a little it, eerie. It was his shit. It's, yeah, yeah, he knows the shit. This, I, I, I have to say that right now, this is all making me sad for another reason, though. Thinking like, like you know, Cage used to be this, this, this kind of like, you know, like larger than life, like almost Brando esque, you know, like actor dude. And then later on, he's doing shit like Vengeance, a love story. Ooh, wait, you, you didn't like Bad Lieutenant too? <laughs> you know, I was I was reminded of Bad Lieutenant too. The part the part early on before the credits, after after he's got uh, rejected at the bar, where he picks up the prostitute and he is just blind fucking drunk at this point. He was driving, just like taking full right. on swigs of the absolute vodka or whatever, while the cop yeah. looks at him. And then he gets the prostitute, and he's like, "Like, I think surrender fixed the big picture right now." And like and like the audio is all <laughs> muted because like he's his perception is just fucked. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking like and then there was that part in Bad Lieutenant too where he randomly goes like, "Yeah, a man without a gun, that's not a man." The difference is is that in this movie like it's it's about a fucking raging alcoholic killing himself with booze on purpose. What the fuck was Bad Lieutenant too? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was hoping you were gonna you say it like, like, for it was no all reason. Right. This is a remake of a movie about a drug addict cop who gets killed, but it, for some reason in this version, nothing happens. What the hell? <laughs> there are no consequences. No consequences. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Werner Herzog. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Werner Herzog. 
Um, Vegas also apparently said that, that uh, quote, Nick is very delicate and vulnerable. He goes out on the wire sometimes for a character, leaving himself open for being hurt if something doesn't work out. That's very rare. He has a range most actors would give their teeth for, and he probably has a better intellectual background than most actors. Great acting is in proportion to intelligence, end quote. So, I mean, that kind of goes along with what you're saying. Like, he, I mean, he, this is definitely one of those movies where it's like, okay, I get it. I get it. Cage is fucking awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, but uh, it's nice to have yeah. that one come up uh, for a change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, am yeah, I being yeah, too yeah. negative? <laughs> no. <laughs> you? No. <laughs> Couple of bums, Adrian. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, thanks, thanks for saying that. I think it's time I drank again. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that, so should round, we go into Cagey so Wisdom? So uh, we haven't even <laughs> gotten to face off yet. <laughs> But I do right, have some so face-offs. Speaking of face-off. Donnie. Yeah, so, all right. Um, my, <laughs> my first and final take, because I really don't think anyone should make this movie. It did not need to be made. It just, this thing is so horrible. But if we're going to do it, then I have only three choices for this. In Nick Cage's role, we already mentioned him once. I would want Jean-Claude Van Damme. And Hell yeah. for the director and writer, I would like Neil Breen's take on that since Adrian had mentioned him earlier. <laughs> now, for the part of Elizabeth Shue, Divine. Divine <laughs> would have been amazing. Now, Donnie, um, unlike you, I envision a universe in which this movie should have happened. and, mm -hmm. and uh, But uh, I feel like in this universe, it would have felt justified because of who it happened to. Mm-hmm. Because uh, in my little world, <laughs> this this movie uh, would have would have been the feel good movie of the century had it only starred Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> Dicky Gear, oh, Richard Gere drinking himself to death. Uh, Julia Roberts getting beaten up by tricks. Um, yeah, I'll pay to see that a couple of times. You know. I would pay Here to see that it. as well as Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. It would have been great either way. <laughs> I get over you. I know I will. I'll pretend oh, my shoes not sinking. <laughs> Pretty Woman 2, um, The Reckoning. I wouldn't... Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, I would not change the casting whatsoever because I thought they both did a fucking amazing job. True. But if I had to... At first, I was thinking for Ben, I was thinking Bill Pullman, but then I thought better of it, and I realized that, no, no, we just talked about him earlier before. The perfect uh, addition would be Dudley Moore Because <laughs> <laughs> I would fucking love to see that. And then as Sarah, I, I chose Patricia Arquette because I just rewatched True Romance this weekend, or this weekend, uh... I want to see some more. If you did it with Oliver Reed, you wouldn't even need a script. They could have just followed him around. <laughs> George C. Scott. True enough. Peter um, O'Toole. I also, uh, for this episode, uh, well, starting with this episode, I, I have a new segment for y'all. Oh, shit. It's called Clothes Off. I want his clothes well, we got so to see wait, I've Sanders been the only off. one naked this whole time and no one else has been doing this? <laughs> it's like 100 degrees. What? I okay, mean, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> naked isn't a choice right now. Yeah, it's a life. Uh, 
What? <laughs> so, I wasn't talking about you, assholes. <laughs> I, I was talking about how we get to see Julian Sands' ass oh, and yeah. shoe boobs. We did see Boobies. shoe boobs, and we saw anonymous shoe stripper shoe boobs. boobs, too. So on the Joe That's Bob true. scale, we got four breasts. Uh, nothing mm-hmm. blows up. One implied murder. Uh, let me see. Yeah. Alcohol foo? Uh, that was a headbutt foo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true. Yeah. Oh, and at one point they're watching a third man. Yeah. You notice You notice oftentimes in movies oh, when they're yeah. watching a classic movie, it means the movie you're watching is just a turd? Yeah. I felt that that <laughs> held less true for this movie. Eh, There's a movie uh... called Cold Justice, which was made by a college professor about a college professor who dresses up as a cowboy and takes on criminals. In that movie, they go and watch the last scene from Once Upon a Time in the West like three times. And it's a tease. It's like, why? you're right, movie. I could be watching Leone and not you. I'm out. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, my favorite part of the movie, of course, is Julian Sands' ass. I love Uh, Julian I would have liked it if he could have turned around, but, you know, it's mid-90s. I'll take it. Did you ever see Oxford Blues with him and Rob Lowe from like 84? Really early Julian Sands and really early Rob Lowe. Huh. No. You just described a a dream. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Are y'all ready for some KG wisdom? Yes. Oh, God. Um, Oh, um, yeah. uh, You can't really uh, get the rice down unless you take the uh, nice hot shower with two different bottles of Smirnoff. (laughs) (laughs) One bottle of Smirnoff will only get you through half a shower. Like, trust me. Yeah, you need a chaser with that. Is that what you're doing right now? No, I'm I'm not having Smirnoff. I'm having Captain Morgan. Oh man! No, on Trapped in Paradise, I had tequila, and I think I might have gotten a little belligerent. So we're doing a kind of gentler kind of thing right now. I kind of. I think you had a whoopsie. (laughs) I kind of went a little fancy. I also have Captain Morgan spiced rum, and I mixed two ounces of that with two ounces of lime juice. And an ounce of maple syrup and Holy shook that over ice. Shit. Put it Damn. in a drink, and I am in a nice place right now. I call it the boy in blue. <laughs> oh, that's what I, man. That's what I really want to do. But like, I, I I've got kumite class later. Uh, body's ready. But, um, My heart's on fire. <laughs> what kind of wisdom did you find, Donnie? Um, <laughs> if you're going to kill yourself by drinking. You can accomplish that in a day. Really? Because he wisdom. had budgeted at $300 a day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, okay, let's look at someone in real life that followed somewhat of the same wisdom but didn't kill themselves. A man won the lottery and spent the entire thing in under a month on hookers and blow. That's what he wanted to do. Steve? And he did it. <laughs> well, yeah. wait, 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 some let's, let's get into some basic biology here, though. You could try to kill yourself in one day, like if he drank that whole shopping cart full of yeah. liquor that he got in the opening yeah. scene, yeah, like yeah, all yeah. at once. But there's there, there's still the odds that your liver is going to overperform and you're just going to throw up a lot. That's true. Yeah. You know, unless yeah. you lie on your back and plan on aspirating. Yes. You could, you could pull a but... Bon Scott John Bonham if you really want to go that way. I feel like he wanted to go like the he was a. Uh, I think it, it just it proves to you what someone can do when they have a dream <laughs> and a goal. <laughs> I love how his last uh, line in this movie is "Wow." Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, he said that like it, it apparently wasn't originally supposed to be in there, but he thought that like he'd seen such amazing things, and I mean he he 
got to jizz like right before dying. Yeah, she mean. was. He didn't know if he was coming or going. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> and you know, he he got to find true unconditional love, and uh, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, my wisdom was that you can't control people's lives. They're going to do what they're going to do, but you can support them like she did. She was there for him in the last minute. And um, <laughs> I, I'd say, of course, to be serious, reach out when you need help. Yeah. And don't be an asshole when someone else reaches out for help. And no matter a person's appearance, lifestyle, or profession, have some fucking compassion. And don't be that asshole cabbie driver who's asking yeah, speaking if, of, or saying you should have covered your ass. Yeah, speaking of, when uh, she mounted him at the end so he could finally orgasm mm-hmm. with her, would you mm-hmm. say that she shooed him in? And when to sign for your check at the bank, just explain that you had brain surgery. Yeah. Yes. And you're going to have lunch and you'll feel better. Okay, seriously, seriously though, that scene and Bad Santa when Billy Bob is trying to make a string of popcorn and he can't fucking oh, steady yeah. his hands like the greatest things. I I I can't help but movies about drunks are great. It's just always that that is yeah, fucking gold. It, I don't care who you are. Yeah. You know. Um true. but uh you know like so. I don't know if Cage shit himself when he died on that bed, but we did see a film concerning somebody defecating <laughs> this yes. week. Linda and I saw it. Donnie yes, was was did. spared. Uh, if uh, audience at home, uh, you may recall uh, on the Trapped in Paradise uh, episode, I, I drank a lot of Jose Cuervo and I instructed our audience to bring it on. And uh, two people brought it on. Uh, Linda, why don't you uh, uh, give me a little presentation on uh, our first uh, film? Our first film is called Super Poop Fighter 2 Turbo. And it was uh, it was submitted by Catching Up on Cinema podcast, and you can find them on the social medias at, at Catching Cinema. It's uh, now uh, this 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 film does not have the audio issue that uh, Leaving Las Vegas had. It is in fact uh, it, there's there's a lot of fidelity. It is very clear. It is very loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has that turn down for what song in it. Uh, it, it, a guy is lying in bed when his alarm clock wakes him up and uh, he starts uh, showering and making coffee and such. And he's uh, hanging out, looking a little bit like Simon Pegg, uh, but being either American or Canadian. And then uh, he, he sees somebody looking in his window who looks a little Hitlery. <laughs> and uh, this someone drops their pants on his deck and takes a sloppy, <laughs> sloppy deuce on his deck. A super a poop, super if you poop, will. which we could see running down his leg. God only knows what that poop was made of. I'm a little afraid now. Um, and then this, I did see some corn. This in spooky there. person pulls up their pants, then comes inside and fights him. Wow. Yeah, though uh, I'm not usually a fan of poop jokes. I do love random humor, and I enjoyed this because it's such uh, it, it's so fucking rando. You've got like a rando dude taking a rando dump on the porch. And even uh, why it was scat-tastic. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was saddened by the thought of ruining a pair of perfectly fine pants and chonies, but impressed by the ability to uh, to chest kick while in that yeah, situation. There was, there was an epic fight that got started there before the cut. The only thing, it's only two and a half minutes. I was hoping they were kind of going to use poop as a fight medium. 
You know, like, 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 like maybe, maybe they had a real stiff one and there were poop swords, you know, or maybe it's like a ray gun, you know, and there's a projectile thing going on. I mean, uh, you know, uh, a lot of realism present though. Um, it was, he's not a super poop fighter per se, but a super pooping fighter. It was, uh, it was evocative maybe? and, uh, I am open to seeing super poop fighter 3d, the very avant-garde. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 3D. We're here for the Kickstarter. And uh, I hope that that stuff washed off your deck okay. (laughs) And uh, Linda, you sent me two movies as part of this challenge this week. Why don't you give me a little bit of background about the other one? All right. So I totally fangirled out over this one uh, because my favorite uh, reality show. You will live with honor. (laughs) <laughs> including all the the uh, queens on drag uh drag race um still my favorite my favorite contestant ever sig neutron from face off he submitted skid ronin uh through his uh his um company i guess uh bizarre Ogogo. yeah go and you can find him on the social just like monster at, Ogogo. at sig neutron exactly <laughs> So, uh, what were your thoughts on Skidronin? Oh, oh man! All right. Well, um, I I liked uh, of of the three things we watched this week, being a Super Poop Fighter Two Turbo, Leaving Las Vegas, and this uh, Skid Ronin had the best soundtrack as it features Iron Maiden's The Trooper. And it had a string version. It also has a string version and with lyrics. And um, it it is gory as shit. Oh, man. A little gorgasm right there. I found that it was... um it was reminiscent of a trauma and, movie. And, and, Can I say traumatic? Um, so, so traumatic. he has he has a he has a friend who is a dragon and is and and it's a hand puppet. Oddly enough, this is not <laughs> the only hand puppet movie uh, I saw this week because um, last Wednesday on Amazon. Did you also watch? No, the I I I watched Nightmare <laughs> Weekend, which is the biggest turd in the world. <laughs> Because Nightmare Weekend is a uh, British-American-French co-production about uh, this mad scientist in Florida. They developed this this computer that also has a hand puppet attached to it that's like the daughter's friend that can shoot metal spheres into people and make them into zombies. But mostly it's just people hanging out uh, around boomboxes having sex to to, uh, Muzak sound-like versions of popular hits. So Skid Ronin, uh, compared to most of what I saw this week, is pretty good. Um, I enjoyed the hell out of it, and I gotta say, like, if there was a full oh, movie I, I would, I would watch this, a full movie. Yeah, no, we'd be right up there with Hobo and a shotgun. Uh, Hobo with a shotgun. Um, yeah, no, some, so yes. there's, there is oh, a, there is a down on his luck uh, street bum Ronin dude, um, and uh, his dragon friend gets raped by them, and he gets beat up, and he tries to strike back, <laughs> but it turns out his sword's only cardboard. So he comes back with a better sword and some, some very homemade armor, and he cuts faces and heads off. <laughs> He splits a guy. Yeah, 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 the man was cleaved in twain. <laughs> yeah, lots of blood and guts falling on the street. Lots of, lots of, you know, shots of his feet moving through blood puddles. Um, yeah, not yeah, anything with Iron Maiden gets. Not to take anything away from Super Poop Fighter Two. Mm. 
No, no, they're they're both amazing. I I like the soundtrack on both of them. Although uh, I worry, I, I worry about Iron like Maiden though, Donnie. Donnie. In 1988, when the uh, Seventh Son and the Seventh Son album was out, uh, it, yeah, mm-hmm. um, um, freaking um, that the uh, like about ten seconds, not even ten seconds, a little bit of 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 one of the tracks from there was like, only the good die young, but the evil seem to live forever. Uh, that was featured on the episode of Miami Vice, and it was one of the Miami Vice seasons that wasn't produced by Michael Mann. It was by Dick Wolf, so the series had turned. It's just why it only lasted five oh, seasons. Dick Wolf, Wolf sucks. Oh, um, so uh, in that one, uh, Crockett, uh, Don Johnson, is hanging out on his boat with this uh, rocker dude who's like on the run from crooks. And uh, and Crockett's trying to scold the uh, the metal head uh, for, for, for having this apocalyptic attitude and thinking society is doomed. And uh, the guy's listening to a tape of that Iron Maiden song on the yacht, and uh, and 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 Crockett's like, like uh, you know, like ah, you want to hear some good music, and and like, what are you talking about? And he and he plays a little bit of Derek and the Dominoes, Layla with Clapton, and and he says, "That's Eric Clapton. He's been around for twenty years. Do you think your guys are going to be around in twenty years?" <laughs> Now, that was 1988. In 2008, uh, Iron Maiden released their album with the space shit, which is not very good, but it's their only album I paid for. So I'm just saying. So eat a dick, dick, everybody. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, So going back to Skid Ronan, I'd say that I would hang out with these guys with the gang like uh, and see if we can score some consensual dragon action. I but don't. Uh, you wouldn't hang out with just anybody, Donnie. I would do it if they promised to do a little shop of horrors down on Skid Ronin musical. God damn it. <laughs> down on Skid Ronin. When, when I hear, I hear uh, Skid Ronin, I just think of I remember you on the <laughs> See you get it. <laughs> I was just wondering if I could be the new age chick in the group. <laughs> <laughs> we can shoo you in there. Oh. Now, now, oh. now, now I'm just thinking of hobgoblins for some reason. <laughs> oh, God. I love that movie. The Vault tried to warn you. I think... <sighs> We should probably release these poor people. Okay, well, but but <laughs> yeah. before we release our loyal uh, fans here, uh, what what uh, episode do they have to look forward to next week, Linda? Well, before we get into that, do you want to do some sh- some plugs? Oh god, you got anything? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I have two new things up on my YouTube. You know, like for those for oh, those of oh. you who actually watch me on there, uh, your patience has been rewarded. Um, for one thing, I have a uh, sixteen minute highlight reel for this pr- Cage's Kiss podcast with some brand new Nicholas awesome. Cage based animation. Uh, you know, so that's like 60% new material, you know, let's say, I don't know, can't really do figures right now. Uh, and Linda saying uh, 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 boobies a whole bunch. Um, and I also uh, put up a two minute trailer to to what, what may be a series of cartoons I got coming up called Cocangel, in which Grant Stockbridge's The Spider <laughs> becomes addicted to cocaine and becomes vaguely psychopath. Uh, if you watch the trailer, if you've ever seen Manhunter, you may uh, be delightfully surprised <laughs> or not. <laughs> Strong as I am. <laughs> Nothing scares me. 
God damn it. This big hush. <laughs> oh man, that movie's fucking epic. It is Donnie, amazing. what do you have? Uh, I no longer Other have a gallbladder. Mm. I know that much. Missing something? Uh, R.I.P. You got pain pills. Uh, I've got pain pills. I've got porn tube. I'm going to try taking a mason jar filled with scorpions up my ass, so you might want to look forward to that. Yeah, I want to see that uh, one man, man, one cup sequel I've been looking forward to. <laughs> I, it was a gauntlet challenge, and I said, you know what? I don't want to do it, but I got nothing else to I do. I would uh, learn Tuesday. from uh, previous mistakes and uh, go with the plastic jar this time, though. Yeah, I guess if you want to be a fucking noob about Whoops! it. Whoops! That's for the children. You can find me on Unreal Goals on Twitter. Linda, what the fuck? Sexy, sexy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Please listen, follow, rate, and review Cage's Kiss on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, uh, oh Podcoin, God. and uh, Google Play. Yeah, we're on. We're Google on fucking Podcasts, Google Play now. Go. Holy shit! Uh, yeah, yeah, we're legit. Oh, also we're on TuneIn and uh, working on uh, Pandora. And uh, you can find Cage's Kiss on Facebook and on Twitter at Cage's Kiss. You can webs- uh, visit our website at cageskiss.com and you can write to us. Website us. Uh, you can also write to us at cageskiss at gmail.com. And I'd also like to give a shout out to ABP Finance for giving us a, a review this week. Ooh, it's awesome. Uh, we got reviewed. And um, oh, yeah, we Thank got it. <laughs> <laughs> Go to your corner, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> <Not again>. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for the Oh no, are we there already? Connery. You're the man now. We've reached the Bruckheimer era, everyone. God save us all. Yeah. And until then, uh, I really wish that you'd come home with us. You're so cute. And I'm really, well, we're all really good in bed, too. Linda, you've been drinking all day. And you smell great. I'm good at sex stuff. I'm good at sex. Your hair's You turn me on. <laughs> you turn me on. You're not too tall. You're not too short. You can't judge me. Rough. I'm his father. You're like a cat. The cat in the hat. I'm a pretty pig. I could eat a peach for hours. Please.